Hi, uh, welcome to the show. How about you introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Brock Henderson with Crawl Space Games. And uh, what's Crawl Space Games about? Um, we we make uh, kind of fun, sometimes offbeat uh, games for for mobile, um, iPhone and Android. What uh what inspired you to get into mobile games? Uh, well, um, a, a lot of my game ideas for a long time have been kind of uh, kind of smaller smaller games, and that works out perfect for the uh, mobile platform. Um, and right now, the mobile platform's the most interesting space, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, when did you start developing for mobile games? Sure. Uh, let's see. We started the company like a, a year and a half ago, and um, our first game we did was in Unity 3D, um, and then the, the last two games that we've done uh, have both been using Corona SDK. Now, when you started the company, um, so it sounds like you have... Uh, multiple people uh, with the company, why did you decide, or how did you decide to start this company? So, I mean, you know, a lot of people will be with their friends and just talk about, oh, let's do a game for mobile. Um, you know, what finally put you guys over the edge to actually decide and develop a game? Sure. Um, well, we're, we're pretty entrepreneurial. Um, we have a, a, a design studio called Paper Tower that we do a lot of web work and some flash games. Yeah. Um, and then, um, you know, we just always wanted to do, uh, our, our own products and our own games. Um, for, I've wanted to be a game designer as long as I can remember. So when the, uh, the mobile, you know, the iPhone came out and they, when they added the games, uh, the, the game, uh, the app store and everything and things started taking off, it just seemed like the perfect time to, to get into mobile. Um, you know, when you started it, though, Flash was also pretty hot. So why not develop um, online games instead of mobile games? Sure, um, we uh, we have done some on, on the on the client side, and uh, you know, it was just uh, the mobile just seemed like a a better opportunity to us at the at the moment. Um, okay. So so you start a year and a half ago, and it's you know, so you decide to, to use Unity 3D. What was uh -huh. the first game you made? Uh, the first game we made was called Knife Toss. Um, and it was just a simple um, kind of arcade title where there's this, uh, uh, this, cla this clown is strapped to a, to a wheel and there's balloons and you're throwing knives and axes at the, at the trying to pop the balloons. Yeah. And, and, oh, go ahead. Uh, so it was just a real um, small scope game. Uh, we wanted to, you know, just get our feet wet and and not bite off more than we could chew. Yeah. And how long did it take to make that first game? Um, I think it took. I want to say three months um, because we uh, were completely new to Unity, and you know, we spent spent some time getting at least a month getting familiar with Unity. Um, and then we ended up building the game a couple times because the first time we built it, it just, you know, it wasn't optimized and just didn't run well. So we ended up, uh, having to learn a lot about optimizing things for mobile and the unity platform. So we ended up building it a couple times before we were actually able to submit it. And, uh, so you submit it, uh, mm -hmm. what happened next? Like, 
for knife toss, um, pretty quickly after we we submitted that, uh, we participated in Open Faint's uh, free app of the day, um, and that got us some exposure. Apple picked us up, and we were on the new and noteworthy list. Yeah. Um, you know, and it, and it did pretty well, and it's still you know it's still getting sales now. Yeah. Did you did you guys decide to do a free version, or um, how much did you decide to charge for it, and did you? decide to have a light version or something else like that? Sure. Uh, it was a 99-cent game. Um, since, I, like I said before, it was it was kind of small in scope, so we didn't think we could charge anything more than that. Um, yeah. And later on, we released an, an ad-supported version, and that, uh, um, and that's actually kind of helped sales as well. Uh, when we put out the ad-supported version, uh, we noticed a, a little boost to our regular sales. So was that game the first product you've sold? I mean, because it sounds like you've done contract work before. Um, yeah, that was uh, um, that was our first, our own, our own product. Yeah. So what were you guys feeling at that point? So you release a game, you know, you're making some sales. What's what's the perspective? Like, how did how did your studio feel, and what did you decide to do next? Um, we, you know, we were feeling pretty good. It was pretty awesome to get on the new and noteworthy list. Um, you know, uh, we didn't necessarily know what to expect on sales. Uh, um, but we were, you know, for our first title, we, we got pretty good reviews and, um, we were pretty happy with it. Um, the next game that we, we decided to do is, is a game called Zombies a la Mode. And, um, we started it in Unity, um, but uh, we weren't happy with the, the performance, uh, so we switched to the Corona SDK. Um, okay, so, and how long ago was this, the Zombies Hollow Mode game? Um, that came out in... That came out in November, I think. Okay. Um, so, how, what inspired you? Usually people don't want to change their tools. <laughs> They're usually really happy with what they have. So that's pretty provocative that you decided to change your tools. How did you, what, what, what exactly inspired it? Because, I mean, everyone talks about performance issues. But yeah. you know what? Unity 3D sounds a lot better than just doing Objective-C. Yeah, so, no, it definitely is. And um, I'm not, uh, the, the thing is, is that most of our ideas right now are kind of more, 2D based, so gotcha, gotcha. 3D is awesome for 3D games, and I'd highly highly recommend it for that. Um, but if you're doing a 2D based game, um, it doesn't make sense to to be doing it doing it in a 3D engine and kind of faking the 2D. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we looked at Coco's 2D, and we looked at uh, just some other you know frameworks and stuff, but. We ultimately decided on Corona because it, um, you know, we could do cross-platform um, development on it, and it just doesn't make sense to us to be locked into a single platform. Yeah. Um, so with Corona, how long did it take to do Zombies a la mode? Um, yeah. So the, the funny thing about that is that we submitted it to the App Store um, using using. Uh, Unity, and it took <laughs> yeah. us uh, it took uh, a couple months to build that, and then um, literally we 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 posted it, and during the time that Apple reviewed it, we basically rebuilt the game in like a, a week, a week and a half. Yeah. So, um, 
what were you guys feeling then, recognizing that you could use Corona to, to develop your games a lot faster? Well, we come from, like I said, a flash background. So Corona felt, um, you know, a lot better to us. We can use uh, use TextMate, and it's just a real. It uses Lua programming language, and yeah, um, yeah. moving from AS3 to Lua was wasn't much of a jump, and um, it just felt like a much better fit for our studio. Um, what we, you know, what with our backgrounds. And. For the audience out there, can you describe the gameplay for uh, Zombies Alamo? Mode? Sure, it's um, it, it's kind of a it's a casual game, and it mixes kind of a couple different genres. Um, it's it's uh, if you're familiar with scoops, um, it's kind of like that, and and it's also kind of like a diner dash where you're a zombie and you are um, working an ice cream stand, and you're um, you're trying to fulfill orders and avoid obstacles okay so is it kind of like diner dash then or <laughs> kind of yeah, yeah um okay. it's a little bit more um it's more action um because you're you're tilting the device back and forth to to avoid obstacles and right. uh, but yeah it has a lot of those time time management uh, aspects to it and you're trying to get tips and stuff so so you mentioned tilting in the game <laughs> is that how did the user testing play out with that? Do do people actually want to use the accelerometer type features, or do they just want a simple play experience where they can tap and stuff? Yeah. Um, uh, based on user feedback after we released it, it seems like a lot of people really struggle with with tilt. Um, and you know, going into it, we didn't think it'd be much of a problem because games like Doodle Jump, one of the highest selling games, you know, uses tilt, uh, and and that was kind of the, the game, the, the game mechanic that I was imagining that you could play it with just one hand and tilt back and forth and use your thumb to to yeah. tap and hand off. But people really struggled with it. Um, so in a future update, we're gonna. Um, allow the option to uh, change the controls. What were other things that you learned uh, doing the user testing? Um, um, you really, really have to spell things out for people. Things that we thought were obvious, you know, doesn't, didn't all, always, uh, weren't always obvious to people for the first time. Um, also, just some of the game balancing things that we, uh, um, things that were fun for us were, were too hard for other people, so we had to lower lower um, you know some of the difficulty levels. Yeah, and uh, Adam Adam Adam, one of our programmers said that uh, you need to remember that you're always the best at your own game. <laughs> yeah. Um, so um, once you release this game, you. Um, what were you feeling at that point? And what was the price point for this game? Did you decide to take a different uh, business model approach here, or was it the same where sure. you had a paid version? Uh, well, we, we, have a, we had a free and a, a paid version. The paid version came out first, um, and we really put a lot of content into it, so we tried charging a higher price point. Um, and I think it was $1.99 or $2.99 to first start, but um, you know, it quickly... Pretty quickly dropped to, to ninety nine cents. Um, and the HD version for the iPad is still one ninety nine. Um, and would you say that um, 
how were the sales compared to your initial game? Because you used a different platform this time. So yeah, did that um, help or hurt? I don't think the platform. Uh, I don't think the platform had much to do with it, but our sales weren't as good as uh, as Knife Toss, and yeah. I think that just has to, a lot to do with. Um, just kind of complicated mechanics, you know, people yeah, weren't, yeah. uh, our first game was so simple and it really seems like uh, some of the, the best games on the mobile are just very, very simple and have like one mechanic. And it's, yeah. Um, so yeah. So at that point, how are you feeling? I mean, you spent a lot, it sounds like you spent a lot more time on yeah. zombies a la mode and you got less of a return. So what were, as a studio, what did you guys decide to do? Um, well, our next game, uh, Float, um, you know, we decided to, um, we wanted to do something that took a lot less time and also was um, a lot simpler. Um, you know, we tried to learn as much as we could from, from our, I guess, failures in this case. And, yeah, or learning lessons or whatever. Yeah, learning lessons. And uh, um, yeah, so we, we, we wanted to do something faster and, and simpler. And um, and so, what idea did you guys come up with? Sure. So we were, uh, you know, we spent a lot of time batting around ideas, and the idea of um, float came about. And in, in, in float, you basically are kind of tapping, batting balloons around, and you're trying to keep them, you're trying to keep them off the spikes. So, um, you know, it's a game everyone has played in their life. Uh, where they've picked up a, a balloon and have, have, you know, batted it around and tried to keep it from touching the floor. Um, so it kind of has a universal appeal. And um, how long did it take to make that app? Um, I think that one took like a, a, a month, I would say. Okay. And um, what did you guys decide to do this time in terms of the business model and selling it and stuff like that? Um, so we're doing we're doing two versions again. There's um, there's an ad supported version and also a paid version. Um, the ad supported version is you're going to be able to to unlock the whole game for ninety nine cents, and um, the paid version is just ninety nine cents. Um, okay. So when did you release this game? Uh, what? Yeah, we released it about a week ago. So that would be um, like February, around February 14, 2011. Yeah. Okay. And how's that going? Uh, and what if what did you what else did you do differently on this release? Now you've released two games before. Mm -hmm. I mean, what if, what did you guys also decide to do differently this time? Um. I mean, for one thing, I saw that your trailer seemed pretty polished on YouTube, so I wasn't sure if. That's something you guys did in previous games. Yeah. So um, all of our all of our trailers, I think I would say, have been pretty polished, just because we've you know we come from a um, web motion graphics background, so we've you know done some okay nice, nice. trailers. Um, so this one, we decided to to make the trailer kind of follow suit with the just the idea of the game, and and we wanted to just have the trailer out really fast so we we just videotaped it this time we videotaped um, um myself playing it and then we just had a little motion graphics at the end but it took considerably less time to put out the trailer um and in terms of user testing what was the response for this game 
the, the user testing response has been great. I mean, it, it plays, it tests well with um, hardcore gamers, clear down to the littlest gamers. I mean, my li my young one-year-old daughter can sit on my lap and play it, but we have enough uh, achievements and leaderboards and, um, you know, combos and stuff for people that like, um, you know, more complex challenges and, and stuff more. So Yeah, for the audience, can you describe the gameplay? Um, sure. Yeah. Uh, the um, for each mode has a little bit different gameplay, um, but the the normal mode, the basic idea in all in all the modes is that you try to keep the balloons up as long as you can and off the spikes. Um, the normal mode um, is kind of round based, so balloons float in from the float down from the ceiling, and um, there's a, there's a little dotted line. Um, that moves around on on your screen um, for each round, and, and if you touch it in the in the bonus area there, um, you get a lot more points. And um, you know, the bl the balloons are swept away um, with some wind in between rounds, and you know more balloons come in, and um, so that's the that's the normal mode. Um, there's a limbo mode where you're trying to get the, the line as low as you can. There's a hot potato mode where you're trying to keep a star balloon in the air as long as you can, but you can't touch it. You have to bat the other balloons um, into it and keep it in the air. And then we're also working on um, a helium pack, so all the balloons are, are rising. And uh, we have three modes for that under development right now. Great. And... Um... So now that you've released this, what's what's been the results? Um, are people taking to this game a lot more than the previous ones? Um, what's changed? Yeah, so um, Apple um, has picked us up. We're on the new and noteworthy uh, list right now, and um, you know all the it's starting to starting to get some good reviews. Uh, right now, we're uh, we're spending a lot of time trying to trying to get reviews and just market the game and get it out there in front of people. Um, but all the the ratings and everything have been very favorable. Yeah, let's let's talk about um, some of the marketing things you're doing to get more exposure. Um, so you're submitting to review sites, but you know other developers do that. How do you get noticed? How do you get these review sites to actually write up about you? Yeah, I think a lot of it just has to do with the game. Um, for Zombies All Mode, we actually um, hired an agency to to help us and. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, and they got it out in front of a lot of people, but um, not a lot of people r wrote about it. Um, and I think it's just because of the, the game. Gotcha. So, um, yeah, I mean, when we send it to these these places, we kind of give a um, you know a little description and stuff, and also a link to the trailer. And I think it kind of piques people's in interest just seeing the screenshots and the trailer and stuff. So, yeah. Um. So are you going to try to use an agency this time or just do it yourself? I think this time we're going to do it ourselves. Yeah. And aside from that, what are other things that you're going to do to market? I mean, how do you, you know, with the mobile space, it seems like it's kind of, some apps will not do any marketing and they'll just go to number one. Yeah. And you have other apps that will do a lot of marketing and not make it. So yeah. what do you feel is the formula to, to make a, success um on the iphone uh, well yeah that's a 
a great question and something that we've been wrestling with for a while. Um, I don't know if there's a, a magic <laughs> formula. Um, sometimes, uh, in the case of like Bubble Ball, maybe it's just yeah. a great a great story of a 14 year old kid. Well, to um, be fair though, it got the number one before people knew he was 14. True. Okay. So I mean, you know, I know because some people are like, oh well. Everyone wants to hear about this 14-year-old prodigy that did whatever, but it got there without people knowing that. And once it got to like number one or in the top 10, then people are like, wow, you know, this 14-year-old did it. it may, that may have helped kind of keep it there. But mm-hmm. to get there in the first place, I mean, this guy did no marketing because he was busy with his like school. Yeah. So, and I don't think he could submit to – I don't think, you know, he, he knew to submit to like review sites and all that other stuff. So um, – I think free probably had a lot to do with that. Yeah, um, yeah, okay. Um, and, some and other so, things. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> some other things that we're, um, you know, work working on is we we've contacted a lot of like YouTube reviewers. Um, yeah. We're giving away promo codes. We're we're trying to um, reach out through Twitter to some of the the, the different developers and. Are you guys are you guys going to do a story kind of like Angry Birds? You know, where they had like a cute story associated with their game or. Um, not, not for float. No. Okay. Um, you know, aside from that, are you going to buy advertising or do some of these like cross promotion exchanges and stuff like that? Um, you know, I, I, I've read a lot that, you know, just, just, uh, I don't think advertising necessarily works as, yeah, yeah. um, especially when it's just kind of spotty. Maybe if you like canvassed sites for a while then it might work but just kind of the the ads here and there don't necessarily work um now some sometimes um some of the like review sites and stuff will throw in an ad um if if you you know pay for their review or whatever um so we're can you know considering that um yeah um what about the strategy of making your app free for one day or something is that- yeah, we're actually going going to participate in, in that again. Um, coming up uh, March 4th, uh, we're going to be part of uh, freeappaday.com's um, giveaway. And then later, we're going to be uh, participate with OpenFaint. And and you do have a light version for this, right? Like, Yeah, it'll be out. Uh, it'll be out next week. We're just waiting on approval. Gotcha. And w- will that just be ad supported or is that? Like, what's the strategy there? Sure. So there's ads. Um, there's ads in it, and then um, some of the game modes are locked. And if you pay ninety nine cents, it'll turn off the ads and and unlock all the game modes. So it'll basically give you the it'll be the paid version at that point. Would you say your ad revenue is on par with your actual sales revenue, or is there a huge difference still? You know, we this is going to be our first. Uh, that's not true. Um, knife toss um, the ads sales or the ad revenue from that is a lot less than the, the paid okay. version. Um, and that may partially be because of iAd's filament rate is so low right now. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Okay. Um, but we're using a different um, ad service for, for the ones in Float. So. Um, you also mentioned Android development. So are you guys releasing all these on Android and what's been the response there? Uh, we are, we plan to release uh, both zombies and float for Android. Um, we're waiting on Corona at the at the moment to to uh, fix a couple bugs uh, just with performance issues. 
Um, but those should be addressed here in probably the next couple weeks. And then, then yeah, we should be able to get our games on Android then. Um, what are the bugs? It's what are, just what are the, like, is it just sound? Because I, I heard there's an issue with Android and sound. Um, right now it's performance issues. Just um, I like think physics. Two point two and and lower just have um, a lot of performance issues with uh, touch events and and um, gotcha. physics and stuff. So that they are um, completely redoing some of that stuff on the Android side. Chrome is so. Yeah. Um, so, what's next in store then for for your studio? Uh, well, we have a whole bunch of ideas lined up um i think our our next game is going to be uh have something to do with robots okay um are you going to still focus on physics gameplay or quick or single player gameplay or are you going to try to make it multiplayer now or what's the strategy there um i think the multiplayer stuff is a little um down the line uh for us i think the next game's kind of is going to be single player and it might be a um we're going to try to explore chain reaction um type of game so gotcha and um you know what do you feel about the space do you feel it's too late then to have a successful mobile studio um, because you know now it seems like mobile's getting very hot and mm -hmm. everyone's jumping towards it and so what are what are your feelings there and where do you feel the market's going to go in the next year sure it uh, i mean the mobile space is definitely crowded but it seems to me that all the spaces are crowded at this point whether you're doing flash online games or yeah, good whatever you're doing there's a there's a lot of competition everywhere um you know it's going to be really interesting once um some of these some of these tablets come out when when some of the better android stuff hits with the tablets and we'll see what webOS and windows uh, <laughs> yeah. windows phone and stuff does um i think that's going to be really really interesting once the once all the tablets get out um yeah and I, we'd also you know if there's talk that eventually maybe corona might uh um support like the the mac app store so that would be really interesting too so nice um for t are you thinking about developing games specifically for the ipad i mean that doesn't seem as crowded obviously the iphone games can be applied to ipad but i wasn't sure if that's something you're also looking into you mentioned your one-year-old yeah so um uh yeah both zombies all mode and float um are you can play them on the iPad? Uh, we, we we did an HD version of Zombies All Mode, um, and then Float is is a universal build, so you can play it on iPad, iPhone, and iPod Touch. Well, with Zombies All Mode, the iPad version, did you see a decent amount of sales there? I mean, is the volume of iPad enough where it's worthwhile to to focus on the iPad? Yeah, I think I think so. We we. If I remember correctly, our iPad sales are, on a daily basis, they're better than the iPhone sales Okay. right and, now. And are you looking, since you have a one-year-old daughter, are you looking at games then that your child can just like, like does she play with the iPad on you or is it? Yeah, uh, she, okay. she does. I have also have a three-year-old boy that is in love with Plants vs. Zombies. Um, oh, okay, cool. He loves playing that on the iPad. Um, so, but yeah, yeah. 
but but yeah, my kids love the iPad, and um, we're also uh, looking at doing some some other some other games for just little kids, um, kind of similar to like what Duck Duck Moves is kind of. Uh, I don't know, kind of interactive stories or more toys since it's they can't they're not necessarily games but they're activities I guess you know. Yeah, and are is are your kids into the iPhone or are they more or do they gravitate more towards the iPad? Uh, I think de- definitely they gravitate to the iPad just because it's it's bigger and you know easier to play and stuff. But they they can pl- they can definitely play the iPhone too. Um, yeah, so, I mean, you have an awesome, I guess, test group there, you know, of kids. So what's, uh, I mean, you talked about these interactive stories. Mm-hmm. Why not develop for the kids market versus, you know, the, the general market at this point? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't I, know. I don't know if kids, there are enough kids on these platforms to make it worthwhile, but I have definitely seen these kind of interactive stories. Yeah, and and I definitely think that the parents are willing to buy these for their kids too. Um, and uh, yeah, sometime this year we we hope to to launch uh, launch one of those. So I definitely think that there's opportunity for revenue and uh, just a lot of uh, opportunity for growth in that space because um, it's perfect for little kids. You know, I mean, kids naturally want to touch touch the screen on a yeah. computer and stuff and it's well is your three-year-old even using the pc anymore uh not really wow uh, like so so he may not go online and play flash games or all that other stuff or no i mean it's just uh um you know he hasn't he's expressed a little interest in the computer but it's you know it's more hard using a mouse than it is <laughs> yeah yeah He's he's a whiz at, at uh, Planes vs. Zombies. So, yeah, I mean, the reason I bring that up is I think some people have mentioned that the thing about iPhone and even iPad to an extent is that like when parents are with their kids, they may just give their kid the iPhone just to keep them quiet. Mm-hmm. And so that's an opportunity where people can just these kids can play the games, you know, yeah. that are entertaining. So, um, yeah. So given all your learning experiences now, um, for this mobile platform, mm-hmm. what are you going to be doing more differently moving forward? Um, well, I think because we're a small independent studio, we're, we're definitely going to try to um, find find games and, and cons- uh, ideas that appeal to, to a mass market, um, quite a broad range. Just And um, we also are looking for kind of ways to just develop quickly and be agile so we can, you know, lower the risk of developing games. Yeah. Um, yeah, what are learning lessons then that, you know, other developers who are looking to do their own games uh, for mobile should consider? Sure. Um, I would say keep keep the game simple. Um, um, yeah, do it because you want to. Um, you know, beware of feature creep. Uh, keep your <laughs> yeah, keep, keep your it. scope small. Um, and I guess I just do everything that you can to um, lower your costs up front, so you're lowering your your risks of development. So by lowering costs, does that mean you just do your own programmer art, or what's <laughs> what's your suggestion there? 
I mean, because sure. for a lot of developers now, you know, you have something like Corona or Unity 3D. It yeah. really does speed up development. But you yeah. still have the bottleneck of artwork, I think. Sure. I mean, but there's a – we come from an art background. and Oh, yeah, we, so that works really well for you guys, right? We learned to, to yeah. program and stuff, but coming from that art background, we've we've – you know, talk to a lot of people, and there's a lot of artists that are wanting to break into gaming. Um, so there's, you know, no reason why you can't team up with, uh, you know, an artist, uh, an, an audio guy, and you know. Yeah. Uh, did you guys? Well, did you guys do your own audio or get an audio guy, or did you buy pre-made um, audio clips like from SoundRangers.com or something like that? Yeah, we've done we've done some of both. Um, we have some some guys that that are good with audio and um, did some of their own, you know, foley. And then um, for some of the music, we 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 did um, some stock tracks and stuff. So, I mean, do you feel that audio and artwork and all that stuff really matters? I mean, you look at something like Bubble Ball, you know, and it, no one would have predicted that would have been number one. Yeah. So, is it really more about the gameplay over everything else? Or or do those other things matter? Like, would the best strategy be release something? It may not be perfect, but if it gets traction, then refine and improve the artwork and other things. Well, I personally believe that all the things do matter, and it, I mean it. it yeah. They greatly um, enhance the experience and and make make the experience. So, you definitely need to have a, a fun, you know, mechanic and fun. Um, you know, your gameplay needs to be solid, um, but I think it, it all it all comes together, and I think it is important. Um, personally, I think things like Bubble Ball are kind of a a little bit of a an, uh, an anomaly. I'd say I think a, most, if you look at in general, the the top of the charts, they do have um, good quality art and sound effects. Um, as a rule, I think, even if it's, um, you know, now there's styles, there's the doodle style, which some people oh, yeah. talk about, <laughs> but uh, in general, I would say that, you know, I believe that you need to have high quality art and sound. Yeah. And let's talk about OpenFane. How has that been in terms of, like, what have you used OpenFane for and has it actually helped your game? Um, it doesn't sound like you're games are multiplayer so i wasn't sure what the benefit of open fane was aside from maybe cross promotion or yeah, the, yeah um they you know they enable us to do um leaderboards and achievements really easily yeah and I, and i do think that that does add um add some value to the game and i think um it adds some replayability for some some types of players Okay. And do you have analytics in your game so you can see how often people are playing and how long they're playing and stuff like that? Yeah, we started using Flurry analytics. Yeah. And have there been any have you found that to be useful? Is it is it important to have analytics and what have those analytics uh opened your eyes to in terms of how people are using your games? Sure. I think uh analytics are very important um Again, we come from the back, web background, so it's always interesting to to study, you know, a website's analytics. And um, from a from a game design standpoint, I think it can help you balance the game. I think that's a big uh, a big thing you can learn from it, and also just kind of see where, you know, if if there's flow issues, if people get, are getting stuck somewhere. And well, have analytics changed 
inspired you to change anything about the design of your game or do an update based on what you're seeing in the analytics? Um, not yet. We, uh, um, you know, we just started implementing them in, into into Float and in its early days. But um, we're definitely going to be watching them and, and see if there's um, see if there's things that we need to tweak. Yeah. Do you have stats on like how long people play Float each day, or any other interesting stat that the audience could benefit from? Yeah. Um, let me let me come back to that. Adam's going to look it up for me. Okay. Um, so do you feel that, look, how are you going to stand out now? I know, I know you said that moving forward, you guys are, you know, you've got some other quick play ideas out there, but you know, like you, like we kind of discussed, there's already, um, interactive storybooks for kids. There's already physics games. There are already MMOs. There are all these other types of games. Mm -hmm. How, how do you stand out? I mean, what are you going to do? Um, to really break away from the crowd? Sure. I mean, I think uh, some of it is just building a brand, building some brand recognition and also, you know, um, building some, some, some intellectual property that you can, uh, that you can build, uh, um, some characters that are recognizable for, for little kids. Um, yeah, that's, that's the plan that we're going, uh, with for the, for the little, for the little kid games. Um, uh, we're developing a series called uh, Pasture Play, and um, those games are all going to be like faith-based uh, out of the Bible. Oh, okay. Um, so we're going to do multiple like Bible stories and stuff. Um, and is that going to come out? Is is that the next thing you guys are going to release, or is that going to come out in like in parallel with your kind of mass market approach too? Um, we're actually, um, those are going to be under a different brand, but they'll be out this year. But, um, so crawl space games are kind of the fun and quirky games for kind of just everyone. And then playpen games is going to be just for family friendly, um, games. And how is Twitter? Do you find Twitter a viable marketing channel or are you using Facebook pages and all that other stuff to do marketing or? Yeah. I mean, we have Facebook page and we also, um, do stuff on Twitter and, and, and we have found that Twitter is a, is a good way to connect and, and also Facebook. Um, I mean, um, you know, the, the Anska community, uh, around Corona is starting to, to be starting to be pretty vibrant. And, uh, you know, we, they've been supporting float and, um, you know, we've been giving away promo codes and stuff and, and that's been pretty exciting to see. Yeah. Um, yeah. Any other? Uh, so, any other stats on the flurry stuff, or is that? Okay. So uh, the average play times between one to three minutes. Um, cool. And that's uh, you know a typical like I guess one. Yeah. One mode or whatever, and and that's I think a, a pretty normal for for mobile. Just uh, you play it here and there when you're you know standing in line and. Um, and, and, and again, another reason why you uh, want to keep it, you know, simple, uh, because people are often uh, doing other things or waiting while they're playing. Yeah. Aside from um, your own games, what are your favorite mobile apps and games? Um, let's see. Um, well, Plants vs. Zombies is a big family favorite. Um, yeah. 
I know a lot of the, the guys in the office are playing tiny wings now. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I heard about that. You know, that's another story, right? That's another story yeah. of literally this guy. I mean, it, it, it sounds like it's one guy. Yeah. And it went from like nothing to like almost, I think it is a number one now. <laughs> yeah, it's number one and knocked Angry Birds off the and other day. It doesn't even have a light version. It, I mean, what, what is it? What do you think it is that's like where just one, some of these things just shoot up out of nowhere? I think, I mean, for, with tiny wings, it, it's just uh, it's just polished to perfection. I mean, it gotcha. looks beautiful, and, and the mechanics are just great. He did an awesome job with it. Well, you know, a lot of people do an awesome job, right? But yeah. you couldn't, you can't, there's no free version, so you can't test it. I mean, I guess maybe the fact that it's kind of shot up there is what inspired people. But... I mean, you know, there's so many other games that also look nice, right? Like, it's not like just the top five games are the ones that are that are the most polished. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, because yeah, I was talking to someone else about that. We <laughs> were like, "Why is that? Why does one thing shoot up and then I don't think he submitted to any review sites or anything else?" I mean, um, but yeah, so you haven't you haven't found that formula yet, then. No, I wish. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so Tiny Wings. Uh, any other apps? Uh, do you use any other utility apps? Or? Um, I thought uh, Epic Win was a, f- a fun idea. They they kind of, they made uh, oh, it's yeah. a yeah, it's a do app that they made had light RPG elements. I thought that was pretty fun. Um, uh, Instapaper. Um, what else are we playing? You know, we, we just try out a lot of a lot yeah. of games all the time. Just, so um, that, that's part of your development strategy is to just keep on playing other games and see what you can learn from them. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. We're you know we're real. Um, we're just getting started in game development, so we have a lot to learn. Yeah, what are you guys doing then to you know make sure and beef up your game design skills, game development, and game design skills? Uh, I'm reading all the time and uh playing a lot of games um what what kind of things are you reading is it mainly books mainly online or yeah i've been reading a a lot of like game design books um and i can look up hold on a second yeah because i mean a lot some of the people i interview they're not really they're kind of doing game development as a hobby and so Mm -hmm. it'd be nice to know how you're keeping up with game development because it is a changing you know quickly changing pace and and it's there's always something new to learn so i mean it it would be nice to hear just how you keep up with it and also keep up on the mobile space where there are a ton of apps released every day yeah one one book recommendation uh i've read quite a few game design books here lately but uh the art of game design um by jesse shell that's oh yeah yeah that's uh one of my favorite uh books so far um, I've also last year, um, attended the casual connect, uh, um, in Seattle, uh, yeah. for the first time. Um, so we're trying to go to some, um, you know, some conferences and stuff. And, uh, what did you find that conference valuable or, you know, there were definitely some sessions that were, that were really interesting. Um, yeah. especially about just trying to monetize games and just the business side of it. Yeah. Um, just had, like I said, we have a, a lot to learn, so felt like uh, a noob going there and just uh, <laughs> trying to soak up as much information as I could. 
are you guys going to go to Game Developers Conference or um, focus on Casual Connect? Um, right now, I think we're going to focus on Casual Connect. I'd love to go to GDC uh, in, in the future, but yeah. uh, right now, just uh, our schedules and stuff don't don't allow for it. Um, so where can listeners find out uh, more information about your games and potentially play them? Yeah, um, our main site is crawlspacegames.com. Okay, and, and how do you that, spell that? Um, C-R-A-W-L-S-P-A-C-E-G-A-M-E-S.com. Great. And then um, if you want to check out Float, uh, we have a separate site for that just called floatgame.com. And um, great. Uh, any other last words then for uh, <laughs> developers out there looking to do mobile games or thinking about mobile development? Yeah, um, have fun and um, <laughs> uh, check out check out Corona. Uh, we recommend it. So. Okay, great. Uh, thank you very much for your time. Appreciate it. Yep. Thank Take you. Care. Bye. Bye.